Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Women's Hoops Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. Uh, on the show today, we have joining us again on our illustrious panel, Brooke Minnick and Jessica Euler. Ladies, how are you doing? Good. <laughs> Good. Good. Excited to be here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Excited to get a chance to talk to you ladies. Oh, you know, we didn't we we're not able to get get the show out last week. So glad to sit down and chat with you a little bit this week about the uh the roadie, uh the road trip that the Wildcats took up to the Palouse up in Idaho and then on to Cheney. Um, but uh yeah, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up in the show today. We have a player interview this week, which I'm excited to to interview senior guard Aloma Solove. Talk a little bit about uh her journey from she's from Salt Lake City, went to East High and now at Weber State for a senior season, so looking forward to chatting with her. Then we're going to get into the games to have a little a little recap of the game at Idaho and then at Eastern Washington. And then at the end, I've got a game for the ladies. We're going to play, be playing over under. I've got uh, I've looked at the stats for, from the conference, and uh, I wanted to kind of see what the ladies think on my over under. So we'll get their takes, and then finally we'll wrap it up with uh, the upcoming schedule. But before we do all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weaver State Weekly. You can uh, rate us on in those platforms. I heard that Spotify announced that they had added ratings. So if you would, go into Spotify if that's where you listen to us. Rate us in Spotify. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, that's where I get most of my podcasts. Uh, been a rating feature there for a long time. So please rate Weaver State Weekly there. And we're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with the Weaver State Weekly team. Uh, we're going to be trying something on Twitter here on Thursday. I'll announce more on that on social media later. Uh, but we're going to be trying to do something, uh, try and get more Wildcat fans involved on some of these road games uh, and, or games just in general. So watch for that announcement. And then finally, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weaver State Weekly if you want to become a patron, try and support what we do. Uh, I think we just broke even on our expenses for the month. So thanks you to all of our patrons that have helped us do that. Uh, now we officially pay the bills and nobody has to pay anything out of their pocket to do Weaver State Weekly. And so we are grateful to our patrons for that. So, all right. Took care of the business. Now let's talk to Aloma Solovey. Aloma, how are you doing? Uh, thanks for coming on Weaver State um, Weekly. Thanks. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Um, so, sorry, go on. Go ahead. Uh, good, good to have you on Weaver State Weekly to chat with you. Um, so kind of talking about just my journey coming from, you know, high school to here. Is that what I'm going over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of my first question, right? You you went to East High uh, and then you got recruited out of high school to go play at a place called Sheridan College, which I had to look it up. I wasn't sure where Sheridan College was. I hadn't heard of it. And it's in Sheridan, Wyoming. It wasn't I didn't know there was a JUCO there and you played there. <laughs> you know, you, you went there and played two years at Sheridan College. So talk to us a little bit about that, about that, that recruiting journey out of high school. And right. they said, we want you to come and be a point guard up at college in Wyoming. And then eventually made the jump and became a Wildcat. So take us a little bit through that. Cause I mean, the Juco route, we talked to JJ Overton about the Juco route and uh, people are sort of down on it. Sometimes they're like, Oh, you went, you played two years at Juco and then you went up and it's like, no man, no, no diss on the, on the Juco route, like totally right. acceptable and, and a great route for yeah. a lot of people. So talk to us a little bit about that journey. And then eventually, you know, becoming a Wildcat and what was the ultimate decider for you in saying, yeah, I want to come to Ogden and play, play college basketball. Right. Um, so it's funny because um, in high school, my first sport was actually softball and I was committed to Utah State to play there. And so that was kind of like my whole plan throughout high school. And then the beginning of my senior year of high school, the beginning of my senior year was when I made the decision to switch over to basketball. And so I decommitted nothing on the table. 
and um, started out my senior year season in basketball really good, really strong. And then I ended up tearing my ACL. Mm. And so that kind of set me back and I had to look into other options. And then luckily I had a few um, options come up and I decided to go to Sheridan College just because of like the culture they had built in and the coach and the team. I really liked it. And so I ended up going there and it was like the biggest blessing in disguise, like kind of how JJ was saying, um, Juco. Um, I think a lot of times it's definitely underestimated. And I just think when I went there, that's really like what willed me into the person who I am now and the athlete, like just the challenges that I went through and being out there in Wyoming specifically Mm. by myself, like just, I don't know. It just made me stronger and I loved the experience. Like it was just, it was a great experience. And then I ended up reconnecting with um, Coach V who's actually friends with my dad. And so um, that's kind of how, you know, she remembered me and then, yeah, they offered me and now I'm up here. So, yeah. And so, I mean, like you said, I, I didn't know that you had that connection with Coach V, that uh, she's friends with your father. So obviously on her radar, looking, you know, to recruit and say, okay, I need a point guard and a steady hand in the backcourt. We'll talk a little bit about that. I mean, that's, that's, that's your role in this team. I'd say that you're, you're the Mike Conley of this team. You know, you're the one that, you know, can be relied upon to kind of be the floor general. But uh, what, what was that deciding factor for you to say like, okay, I did my two years at Sheridan College. It was a great blessing to me. Like you said, I grew a lot as a person. And then uh, I got two more years and uh, I'd like to come to Ogden and play at Weber State because obviously Coach V knew to Weber State and there was a, a lot of rebuilding that needed to happen. And you've been a part of that process. Right. Talk about what was that deciding factor for you to say, yeah, I'm going to go become a Wildcat. Um, I think one huge thing was I'm originally from, you know, Salt Lake. And so I think having my family being able to attend my games was like a huge piece for me. And then also like that rebuilding factor when Coach V recruited me, she told me like her vision of what she wanted to build here at Weber. And I just love to accept the challenge. Like, I just think um, I've been through a lot of adversity and I would love to be a part of something that, you know, we're building something that could be a lot greater. And I just really believed in what she envisioned for, the future of this team. And so that was a huge piece to it as well. Yeah. I mean, we've heard uh, really similar stories from recruits who, you know, and head coach uh, of the volleyball program, Jeremiah Larson came on uh, recruiting really great players like Ashlyn power, Danny Nay, Rylan Adams saying, Hey, mm-hmm. I know things are not great at Weber state right now, but I have this vision for this program. Um, and if you come down to Ogden, uh, I'm telling you in a few years, we can build something. And I mean, and that's happened. And, and that momentum has is, is started to pick up for, for the ladies now in the basketball program, Brooke or Jessica questions for Aloma. Yeah, I think, so you said you started playing basketball your senior year. So I have a couple of questions for you. Oh. Did you play prior to that and you just kind of settled on basketball in your senior year instead of softball? And then I guess my other question for you, Colby mentioned a second ago, like you are definitely out there running the floor and uh, have a handle on everything. Is that the role that you've always played? Um, so to your first question, I have played basketball since I was young and um, my dad's always been my coach. And so I started at a really young age. 
But as I got older and once I started softball at the age of 12, that's kind of when I shifted like fully to softball because I was playing for um, an organization in California. And so that kind of like took up pretty much all my time. So I didn't really play like a lot of summer AAU. It was just like mainly high school that I played basketball. But my senior year was the, the year I decided to like let go of softball and actually focus on this new path of trying to pursue um, basketball as my career. And then, um, sorry, can you, can you repeat your second question again? Yeah. So you're out there running the floor. You're the floor general for Weaver State. Is that the role that you've always played in basketball or was that a new role you took on in at Weaver State? Um, so in high school, um, I was actually a shooting guard. And so it was a really different position in, in a matter of like leadership. And then when I went to JUCO, I became a dominant one. And so that really, it was a huge challenge for me just because, you know, being a point guard, it, it comes with a lot of responsibilities as far as like not only leading on and off the court, but just keeping your team together, like being an example all the time, controlling the pace, you know, cause it's like, I feel like um, the point guard really conducts the whole offense. And so if I do something wrong, like it, it's like a domino effect. And so that was something that I had to learn in JUCO. And my um, my JUCO coach was really hard on me um, with it, but he did believe in me. And so that gave me um, confidence that I could do it. And so I ended up becoming um, just a solid one from that point forth. And so... Since then, I have taken on that role of basically just conducting offense, leading on the floor. And that was what Coach V uh, recruited me for coming here to Weber as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, you're fun to watch and do a great job doing that, too. Thanks. Brooke, you have questions for Aloma? Yeah. So, um, in the 2019-2020 season, you sat out with the medical red shirt. Um, and you ha currently wear a brace. Was your season affected by that knee injury? I know you mentioned you had an ACL. Is that kind of? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, it's been a long journey with my knees. I've had four knee surgeries. And <laughs> yeah, it's just been, it's been a ride. Like it's to be where I am today. I'm just, I'm really lucky and blessed that I've been able to just have a really good support system behind me and to be able to get through that. Cause mentally it's, it's had a toll on me. And then actually this season, um, I did recently find out that I did tear my ACL and, um, did tear some other tendons in there. And I found that out over Christmas break. So, um, that was tough, but I decided to finish out the season and so that's what I'm doing now. And it's been kind of frustrating just, um, you know, being at a slight disadvantage, but I have been through this a ton and I know what I'm capable of. And I know that I'm able to finish this season strong with what I can. And so that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> 
Yeah. Knee injuries are always really difficult. I mean, and like, like you said, Aloma, I mean, a, a torn ACL is a, is an injury. We just saw Clay Thompson come back in the NBA. You know, he was out for, uh, I mean, more than a year on that injury. I mean, Jamal Murray, another point guard in the NBA tore his ACL back in April and the Nuggets are, you know, waiting for hopefully an opportunity to see him come back. I mean, a long journey, like you said. And so with your injury where you found out over the Christmas break that, you know, sounds like a partial tear for you. I mean, is it something that, uh, it's, it's, it, it's in, in the back of your mind, you know, that it's there, but also, you know, it's, it's enough that, you know, you, you, you're, you are obviously still able to play and travel with the team and, and make an impact, you know, facilitating and stuff like that. Is that kind of the role that you see yourself doing going forward? Yes. Um, so I, like how you mentioned, um, I've, I've been through this a ton and I think with everything I've been through with like my history, I'm able to like mentally surpass the fact that it's, you know, it is what it is. And so I have just try to, um, take in that role of facilitating more and, you know, just doing my best defensively and also offensively, just being smart with what is smart for me to take in when I just need to, facilitate and lead so that's what I've had to learn this season as well just to be patient and um, just be smart with what I can take and what I can't just because I'm physically at a disadvantage so yeah yeah Rooker Jessica another question for Aloma yeah so the Wildcats have turned a corner this season it feels like uh, it's fun to watch the team mesh together and I know that we had a couple of tough losses here, but overall y'all are looking fantastic. What do you think has been the difference for the team? Um, I honestly think our chemistry as a team, I love this team. And in the past, we've struggled a ton with that team chemistry. And this season, you know, from the get in summer, when we started our workouts, we just clicked, like we bonded and, I just think all of our personalities mesh really well. Everyone respects one another and we all love each other. Like I genuinely love everyone on this team. And I think just having that relationship off the court definitely has impacted what we could do on the court together. And I think that's been the biggest difference um, this season. Yeah, I mean, good point. I mean, like you said, it seems like the team is playing well together and they're they're having success. But um, on top of that, uh, just the opportunity to kind of to to like each other off the court and spend that spend that time, you know, trying to get some hashtags going. You know, every, a couple of people have, have asked me like, "What is hashtag Ronda? Like, what does that mean?" And if you don't know, <laughs> folks, I mean, that means nasty defense. That's what that means. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and then so I mean, it feels like the, the culture at we. State is really good. I mean, we've interviewed your teammates and they've talked to us about the fact that, you know, Coach V and staff have done a really good job of building that culture up and mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a good place to play. And that, you know, as that as that gets developed and as, you know, new players, you know, get accustomed to Coach V system that like the success is coming and we're starting to see it now. Yeah, I definitely agree. Brooke, you have one last question for uh, Loma before we let her go. Um, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about the young recruits that have come in and then also have you embraced your role as a senior? Um, so I think our, our young recruits, like the freshmen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love our freshmen. I think they're 
super willing and um, just to learn and really soak in any knowledge that they could get, especially from the past players, you know, the returners that have been here for a while. They're just, they're really easygoing. I think they're um, really hungry to learn a lot about the game and just in life in general. And I think they're just having a good time enjoying their freshman year and um, just enjoying um, playing at a D1, you know. <laughs> I think I'm just, like how I was mentioning, like I'm just happy to be here. And I'm, um, I'm happy to be here. And I think me embracing it as far as like just making a change for them because everything that I've been through and just my experience that I've had that I'm able to share what I can do with them. So any way that I can help um, my other teammates and just giving them advice or giving them tips like in any way possible is really important to me so that, I don't know, I have some type of impact on them just playing this game and helping them become better players on and off the court. So, yeah. Yeah. Last question for you, Loma, before we let you go. Um, I think that you have one more year of eligibility, right? Because of the COVID year. Right. Yes, yeah. I do. So uh, plans to come back. I mean, any, any, any hints on what the future might hold for a Loma Solovey? Um, unfortunately, I think because, because the way my knee is going right now, um, this will be my last year okay. and I will be graduating. So um, that's kind of, my path right now kind of right off into the sunset so folks uh you heard it from aloma i mean if, you, if you're not getting to the d uh for to see these home games you're missing out because this will be her final season it sounds like so get mm-hmm. down to the d and be a part of what's going on because when i was in town you know in town for christmas i went to a couple of women's basketball games and they were fun we had a lot of fun your family was at one of them and they were super loud aloma and that was <laughs> That was a lot of fun too. Those guys, yeah. they were they were having a good time. So we were having a good time. So I uh, hope to see more of that. Yeah, they're Thank funny. You so much. <laughs> yeah, Loma, thanks so much for coming on Weaver State Weekly. We really appreciate you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll see you. Have a good night. See you. You too. Thank you. Man, what uh oh uh, <laughs> what a what a good interview and a great opportunity to kind of chat with Loma and get to know her a little bit. Um Man, just just sounds like she had such a great journey. And, uh, you know, obviously injuries have been a little bit of a problem for her throughout her career. And now it sounds like, you know, potentially ending it for her. But uh, she seems like just a person who's got a lot of grit, a lot of determination, wants to continue. I mean, because I'll be honest, folks, playing college basketball in, you know, in a, in a rural part of Wyoming has got to be not like mentally tough. I mean, would you would you both agree? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and going there and it sounds like she said she went there on her own. So building a new network there and everything else has got to be quite the challenge. And where I feel like I need to Google where Sheridan, Wyoming is, you know, <laughs> wherever it is, it's the middle of nowhere. So it'd be hard. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I, I don't actually know where it is, but uh, I'm sure that it's not close to very much. And, you know, she, she talked a little bit about that. And so going there by yourself and uh, having the mental fortitude to kind of embrace that role and uh, step up as a leader. I think that that's uh, probably a big a key piece of why Coach V chose to recruit her. Uh, and say, all right, I want you to come and be our, be our floor general and be the starting point guard at Weber State University as I try to change the program and uh, build something new. 
So let's let's talk a little bit about the about the team and about the uh, the road trip that the Wildcats took up to the Palouse and beyond. Uh, Wildcats took the trip up to Moscow, Idaho. Uh, if you've ever been there, it's not an easy place to get to. Uh, it's a it's a long bus ride. Uh, they probably flew, is my guess. I don't know, but uh, took the trip up to Idaho and then uh, and and came away with a, a a pretty disappointing loss, I'd say. You know, Idaho was a team that had uh, not not a great team, uh, but the Wildcats just had a, a really rough offensive night. Uh, let's start right there. Wildcats shot twenty four percent from two that night, twenty six percent from three. Um, do you do you, do you ladies think that? I mean, you watch the game. Did it feel more like Idaho was just defensively stifling the Wildcats, or is it more a, a function of just just a bad shooting night? You know, and those happen. I think it was a combination of both. I think not having Emma on the court, she she is a presence, right? She's going to yeah. get in there. Um, especially up close uh, and push people out of the way to score. And so I think that because this team is so close when they're missing a component, um, it it can have a a big impact. Um, And I I think that that had a lot to do with it. I think that that's a totally a, a good take because we've talked a little bit about this on the show. The fact that the Wildcats are not a team that wants to shoot the three a lot. They're a team that is very inside out. They want to shoot the ball uh, and then get those high percentage shots in the paint. And, you know, when you lose a presence like Emma Torbert, who is uh, not only has, has done a great job of, you know, getting those points in the, in the paint um, and, and really kind of driving that offense for the Wildcats. Uh, when you lose a player like that and for, you know, significant period of time, uh, it can become really, really tough. And so, you know, you look at, you look at the top scores, you know, um, only one Wildcat was in double digits that night. It was Corey Penser. She had 13 points, you know, Darren Hickok, just, just knocking on the door, just right there at nine points and six rebounds. But yeah, um, just a, a difficult night uh, because it wasn't a lot of uh, size necessarily down low to, to deal with that. Brooke, what, what's your thought on the, uh, on the rough shooting night in, in Moscow? Yeah, I think it was mostly a cold shooting night. I mean, give credit to Idaho, they their defense. But I think without Emma in there, they just, even though Jaden was in there, I think they got away from their game. And and then on top of it, they just couldn't make a basket. It was just kind of chaos. Not like, not crazy chaos, but it just was just definitely not their game. And, and the, the cold shooting night would just kill them. Even though they still ended up with 41 points, I kind of don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, totally fair, right? When you lose a key piece of that offense, um, especially a team that relies so much on size and the ability to score inside. Another thing I'd point out is that um, the Wildcats really feel like, you know, if, if the, if the shooting isn't there on, on a particular night. So we know that Corey Penser, a very talented uh, shooter, she ended up actually going three for six that night. So, and f- mm-hmm. but she went five for 15 overall uh, in 36 minutes. So, I mean, it feels like the defense kind of cues in on some of those things, right? They know that, mm-hmm. okay, you don't have your starting, um, your starting center. And so you're going to be playing somebody who, you know, Vicky Parr ends up getting the start uh, and she didn't do too badly two two of five shooting um, and, and, and a free throw. Um, and seven rebounds. I mean, really good for somebody, you know, being asked to come off the bench and start. Um, but obviously the the thing I think that Emma brings to the team is even though that the Wildcats are an inside out team, she does have the ability to, to knock down threes. Right. And that mm-hmm. creates that space because the other team has to respect the fact that, yeah, if she goes out behind the arc, like you have to go guard her. It's not self check. Like they really are going to beat you on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, another thing that kind of stuck out to me, and you ladies can tell me what you think. Um, turnovers were a problem in this one. Uh, 18, 18 turnovers committed. Uh, I think I'm trying to see how many steals uh, Idaho ended up coming away with. Uh, they ended up having eight of those 18. So um, what, what do you think was causing the turnover woes? You know, sort of a, I, I wrote in the notes back to old habits in a way, because turnovers have been a problem that have dogged the Wildcats for the past couple of seasons now. Yeah, I, I think this goes back to, and I remember early on in the season saying this, taking an extra second to set your feet. It's when you start to get anxious and you're playing too fast and you're not, you know, paying as much attention to your footwork because you're trying to see who's all there. And, you know, I think it's just taking an, another extra second and would, would be super helpful. I think sometimes we get to where we're moving too quick that we're not paying attention to the ball. Yeah. Brooke, what are your thoughts on the 18 yeah. turnovers? I think, yeah, exactly what Jessica said. It's just, I think they just, in a way were panicking. They weren't making any shots and they just kind of fell into old habits. Like, well, like you said, and it just, I think a little bit of panic is really the problem. They just didn't know where to go with the ball. Emma wasn't down there. I mean, Jaden was, Vicky was kind of down there, but I think they just were all kind of out of sorts. Yeah. I mean, taking shots when you're not ready. And one of those where it just kept building on itself. Right. Exactly. Was saying when you miss a shot, then you're trying to get another shot up to make up for it, but you're not necessarily taking that second to set. Mm-hmm. And I think it just, you know, really all built upon itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's a really good point, Brooke, the fact that um, you come in with a game plan. Um, that game plan maybe isn't working because you're missing a key player. And then so you're trying to compensate, you're trying to figure out, and you got to get creative. And so then um, it creates opportunities to turn the ball over because it's not necessarily the plan that um, maybe you set out with, or it's a different, it's, it's a, maybe a little bit different from the things that you've done earlier in the season to get those wins, you know, wins against teams like Montana and Montana state uh, Portland state, like we talked about earlier going up to Portland and just absolutely whooping them. Um, and so those kinds of things, then you get behind a little bit because uh, looking at the box score, uh, Wildcats had a slow start, uh, only, only made nine points, you know, 14 and then five points only in the second, uh, the second quarter. So you're down, I mean, you're, it's 28 to 28 to 14 at the half. Uh, and so I can definitely see how it's like, okay, yeah, a little bit of a struggle. Got to, got to figure something out here because things are getting out of hand. And, um, I will say one, one nice thing though, is the fact that, uh, the rebound game continued to be strong. You know, the Wildcats ended up with, um, total rebounds was um, 40 to 42. So, I mean, it, it's like even, even without having that, that big inside presence that the Wildcats were used to, they were still getting the boards, uh, give up a few more offensive rebounds probably than they would have liked. But overall, you know, still, still in, in the rebounds game, it's not like they got just absolutely crushed on the boards. So I think it was just a matter of running the offense. Yep. Um, final, let's see. I don't think I got any final thoughts. No, I, I think it's, if, if you ladies are good with that, we can move on and talk a little bit about the Eastern game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's fine. So, um, disappointing loss, obviously, uh, up at Idaho didn't get Wildcats didn't get what they want there and up losing 62 to 41. Um, and then it's on to Cheney for a Saturday game against the Eagles and the Wildcats come out, um, and, and experience, uh, I mean, a better, a better start I ended up with 11 points instead of nine. Uh, but allow the Eastern Washington Eagles to, you know, score 14 and then tie them up at nine, nine apiece in the second quarter. 
I mean, initial thoughts from this one, ladies, as we kind of look at that, uh, look at that game in its entirety. Oh, turnovers. <laughs> so there were more turnovers in this game. Yeah. They got to end up with 25 in this one. Yeah. And I think another thing that I noticed here, like turnovers, absolutely for, for heaven's sakes, like at some point when we get our handle on turnovers, it's going to be a whole new world. You know? and, yeah. and I think we will, right. I think the team's still growing. I think this year is so much different than last year. And we, we can't expect everything uh, to change overnight. And I know that coming off a couple of losses, like I think the team will, We have a revenge game next, you know, against Idaho State again, and I'm excited to see what we bring out there. Um, But I think the other thing is, is when the other team's taking more threes, they're making more threes and threes add up quickly, right? So when you look at it, they took 26 shots from outside the arc, made only six of them. But, you know, that's a heck of a lot of points when it comes down to numbers which I couldn't apparently do the math to get to 18 real quick there. But, you know, when it comes down to that final score, each one of those threes makes a difference. So if we're, we've, we've got to make up for that inside. And I think that um, turnovers for once again, when we go inside, if we're, we're having turnovers, we're not necessarily making up the gains and offensive rebounds. It just makes a difference overall. Yeah. I mean, a good point. Like we, like we noted, I mean, the Wildcats are not a team that likes to shoot the three a lot. They're, you know, definitely very capable shooters. I mean, we've talked about Emma Torbert, Corey Penser, of course, Jade Matthews is, you know, has the ability to knock some down. Um, but it's just not normally what they do. They're not, they're not a team. It's sort of like the opposite of like we've talked about of the men's team where the men's team very good at shooting threes. I mean, we saw it last night against Idaho state. Uh, they absolutely just, you know, shot the lights out when they needed it in the second half and buried the Bengals. Uh, that's, that's not the women's game. They want to, they want to get those high percentage shots inside. And so sometimes a little bit difficult when a team is getting a little bit, hot. I mean, six of 26, not, not exactly scorching hot, right? <laughs> like, like then, you know, they're not, they're not blowing the doors off at six and 26. I mean, well, overall that's 23% shooting. So it's not like, not like, oh man, that's just incredible. But I mean, like you said, Jessica, they, they do add up. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk to you ladies about in this one was, uh, oh man, my browser betrayed me. There we go. Um, in this one, uh, we, we talked a little bit about the turnovers again, major difference. Like we said, 25, uh, was it different than what had happened it, at Idaho on this one? I mean, was it, or was it sort of the, kind of the same, same mistakes, some of the same habits? Cause it, it didn't necessarily feel like they were in the same boat at halftime that were causing some of those mistakes. So what do you, what do you think caused 25 turnovers in this one, as opposed to 18 in the previous game? I think some of it was bad passing. Okay. They sometimes try to force it too much inside to Jaden, like lofting it down in there. And mm-hmm. sometimes their passes are just not good. Sure. <laughs> and it seemed like there's a few, um, what's the word drives? Like, dr- I don't know, whatever drives that ended in that. And I, I don't know, just momentum killers. Like they get a steal or something, go down and bad pass. Mm. Like, I don't know, just trying to force it, I think is a lot of the turnovers. Yeah, Jessica, what do you, what do you think about the, uh, about the passing piece and about trying to, you know, get that offense going, but just not, not quite clicking yet. 
Yeah. And I, I think I definitely agree with Brooke. It's sometimes it, just going back to a little bit what I said a minute ago, taking the extra second to really make mm-hmm. sure you've got the pass, right? Take this minute to make sure you've got the shot, to make sure you have the pass when you're trying to play quick. Sometimes you're forcing things that you don't need to. Um, and, you know, some of it's commitment to the play when sometimes we want to mix it up a little bit as well. So I just think our, our offense still has a lot of room to grow. We've seen a lot of growth on defense. It's been great to see our offense. I mean, certainly they're growing, right? They're winning games and doing good stuff. But I, I think a lot of it uh, comes down to some impatience, truly. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't feel like, like 25 is a heck of a lot more than 18. Right. And it didn't feel like whenever I was watching the game that it was substantially more mm. um, than Idaho. And maybe that's because this was a little bit higher scoring game. It felt like it just had a different pace to it. But whenever I was looking at the stats, I was surprised to see that it was this much higher for the mm-hmm. Washington game. Yeah. And, and a closer game too, right? Which mm-hmm. normally you would think that in a closer game, you would notice those things more because yeah. each time it's like, ah, you know, that, that's a lost possession. But I, I would say overall, I like, I like the passing. I like the, that the Wildcats are trying to share the ball a little bit more, uh, even though maybe it's costing them some possessions because I mean, right now the Wildcats are dead last in the conference when it comes to assists. Uh, but I think that like, it's only a matter of time before they, they start hitting those and and those assist numbers are going to climb, right? Because it's just a matter of like playing together, building that chemistry that Aloma just talked about with us where it's like, okay, finding your person, getting comfortable with them. Because I feel like the Wildcats right now have this really good core of players that are going to, um, th- that will take them into next season. And that the mistakes of this season and, you know, of course, losing to bad teams like Eastern Washington, we can say that this was Eastern Washington's first conference win. Uh, against the Wildcats. And so it was like, just, just kind of like mental lapses like that. But the passing I think is going to come. And when it does, that means the assist numbers are going to go up. And and I mean, when assist numbers are high, that's, that's good basketball. Right. And so I think that like, that's the Wildcats are just kind of right there on the horizon. They're, they're getting ready. And I think that eventually um, as they kind of like take their lumps and go through some of those things that like, that's going to happen. And that's also going to help the, the, the freshman that we talked about with Aloma, right. Where it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of new recruits saying, Hey, uh, you know, this is kind of the way we do it. And we're all kind of learning together. Right. And so like they're getting into good habits and you know, when, when they become sophomores and juniors, they've already gone through some of those lumps and some of those, um, those passing errors and, and they're ready to go and get those assist numbers up, which is going to lead to, uh, I think a lot of W's. Well, and I think you're onto something there too, because we've talked about it a little bit before, but we do a good job rotating off the bench. We got a lot of women getting minutes during the games. Yeah. And I think when you're doing that, you're still learning a lot, right? Like everybody has their different style and you've got to learn everybody's style. So we're growing as we go through the season to really know what that all feels like. And I think that, you know, it'll be good for the rest of the season as we continue to grow, but I think it says great things for the future, just like you're saying. Yeah, Brooke. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? About on, on the fact that like a lot of teams, a lot of players are rotating in and off the bench. I, th- I would say that overall, I mean, it's still a pretty young team, right? I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about some of the the key core players that are leading this team, and there are folks like like we said, Corey Penser. I mean, we talked just talked to Aloma Solovey um, and Jaden and Darren and and Emma. But then beyond that, you know, there are a lot of these young players, and they're kind of taking their lumps, and everybody's kind of learning together. Uh, and they're getting minutes. They're getting rotated off the bench. And like right now, it doesn't look like they're doing much, but that adds up over time. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's great that coach V's already um, subbing in some of those younger players, you know, even if it's just for a minute or two, it's getting them experience. And I think that'll help them as long as they all stay at Weber, but I think that'll help them as the season goes on and as the next few seasons, hopefully they all stay. <laughs> well, and I think that like when you're getting minutes as a freshman, I mean, it's a, it's a nice incentive to stay, right? Because yeah. you know that as, as time moves on and you know, people, people graduate and they move on. That's the nature of college basketball that yeah. you're going to get those opportunities and you've already got them early as a, as a freshman, now that those numbers are only going to go up as opposed to just riding the pine all season and never seeing the court. Like that's, that's just not coach V system, it seems. And I think it's a good one in terms of retention. So we'll see what happens. Um, Final question on this one. Um, Wildcats got 12 steals of their own. Uh, And, and I think that that, that's something that we should definitely call out because we, we talked a little bit about Rhonda in the interview with Aloma, right? Like, the, the, the fact that the defense should resemble that of Ronda Rousey, right? Like that it should be, you know, stiff, tough defense and that that's going to create opportunities offensively. I mean, how much do you think that the defense has helped spark the offense for the Wildcats this season? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, good call a lot. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's completely changed, you know, some of the momentum. So I think it, it, it is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because especially against uh, some of the tough teams that we that the Wildcats have already seen. I mean, that that heartbreaking loss to Idaho State. I mean, the, the, that's the the reigning conference champions, and you get edged by one in your own gym. Um, you're, I mean, you're in that game, right? You're in that game, yeah. and then you know you lose to, uh, or you you end up beating Montana State, who's a good team. You end up beating Montana, um, you know, who many thought was going to be the conference champion and that could still happen, but the Wildcats get a pretty, a pretty convincing win against Montana. Brooke, you and I were there. We saw it happen live, you know, yeah. like uh good defense in that game because really Montana was just jacking up shots on the outside. They could not get anything inside. And so the Wildcats just didn't give up a lot of high percentage shots. They're shooting outside. They're not hitting. And uh, they were just, it was just, they were never close, right? Once the Wildcats built that 10 point lead. So yeah. I think personally that the defense is going to be the calling card more and more as this team goes on and especially going into next season that, you know, folks will know that if you come and play basketball at Weber state university for coach V and staff, that you're going to have to play defense. And uh, that's going to attract some really, some really good players who want to play defense, which all the better. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So uh, that's wrapping up uh, this two game roadie uh, at Idaho and Eastern Washington. Now I've got a game for our illustrious panel. We're going to play over under today. And I've got three scenarios for you ladies. You get to tell me whether you would take the over or the under on this one. And now maybe give me a reason why. So the very first one, the Wildcats currently averaging, um, what was it? The Wildcats currently averaging uh, like 63 points on defense uh, each, each game. And so I wanted to see, I think that they can get that number down a little bit. I think the Wildcats are going to end the the season giving up 60.5 points on average, which would put them, let's see, that would put them at 60.5. That would put them, I mean, a third in the conference, you know, which is they're already, they're already at third three in the conference, but that'd be a, a three point improvement. And like we've talked about with some of these close losses, that's that, that can make all the difference. You taking the over or the under on 60.5 points. Jessica, let's go with you first. Oh, Man, we got her thinking here. This, I mean, this is <laughs> she, this, this is tough. I I think we 
do it. Um, so you can take I, the under. Yeah, I'll take the under. I'm. I was just writing. We got a lot of games left. Yeah. Going to keep growing. I'm. Yeah, I'm taking the under. Okay, taking the under. Brooke, Brooke, what about you? Sixty point five points given up at the end of the season. Over or under on that? I'm gonna go with Up under. Still on the schedule. Y'all should go with the under. Yeah, <laughs> I think the, I'm hoping. Well, the defense is only gonna get it better. I think. I mean, they might have some games that kind of lag, but I think they're getting better on defense as a whole. And I, I'm hoping that they continue that, continue to grow with that, and. They'll get it to 60 and a half <laughs> or lower or lower or lower. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we got two under. So I agree with you ladies too. I, I would take the under on this because I think that you're right. That the defense continues to improve over the season. They get more comfortable in coach V system. Um, and everybody kind of buys in uh, to the culture and that's only going to breed, you know, better games, more defense. And so I'm taking the under as well. All right. Next, next scenario. Uh, we just talked to Loma Solovey. She is the uh, floor general for the Wildcats. And um, she's currently averaging uh, how many assists? I think it was like 2.6 or something. Let me, let me just double check that. Uh, currently averaging uh, 2.4 assists per game. Um, what do you all think about her ending the season? You're taking the over or under on her averaging 3.5 assists per game by the end of the season. Taking the over or the under? I'm taking the under. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going under. I think that I, I think she's great. I think assists will improve. I think improving by by a whole assist the game. I'm I'm going under. Yeah, I mean that's that's totally fair, right? I mean because it's difficult to improve by that much, and mm-hmm. there aren't that many games left, right? And you've already got this average that's 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 baked for the most part with you know a full a full out of conference schedule plus maybe a third of the conference schedule now played. Yeah. So. Yeah, actually, I think it's a, a fully a half because last week when we did the men's show, we said this would have been the halfway point without game cancellation. So half the conference mm-hmm. schedule has now passed, and mm-hmm. so I can I can see the under. What about you, Brooke? You you think that's you know there's going to be an assist explosion in Ogden? What do you think? Mm, I think probably under. I love for her to you know go over, but it kind of worries me with her knee. I hope she doesn't try to push through something just to play like don't oh, I don't know <laughs> totally totally fair right I mean I that's a that's a valid concern to say yeah I'm not not quite sure so also Brooke taking the under at 3.5 assists per game uh, and I think I'm going to do the same uh, like we said we've already gone through an entire out-of-conference schedule we have now gone through half of the conference schedule so there are really only a half of a conference schedule left that that number has pretty much been baked, right? Like it's at 2.4 a game. You might yeah. see an improvement about 0.4, maybe 0.5, maybe a half assist a game, uh, depending on how things go, unless we have some sort of crazy assist explosion in a couple of games. But I think that like cracking three would be a pretty big achievement at this point. So yeah. 3.5, I'm taking the under. All right. And then finally, let's talk about attendance. Right now, the Wildcats are averaging about 178 folks per game. And that is dead last in the conference on the men's side. They are well above and beyond. They are well ahead uh, at first place in the conference. They usually average about, I think like 4,400 or something per game. And then uh, the next closest is like 2,800. And I think that's Montana at Dahlberg, but the Wildcats for the women, it's the exact opposite. I mean, they're only averaging about 178. Do you think that the Wildcats can get up to 
three hundred a game by uh, three hundred attendees by the end of the game or by the no. end of the season. <laughs> Over or under on that? <laughs> Under. <laughs> We're sticking the under. Jessica, taking the over the under. I... <laughs> All it takes some families to show up, man. I'm going to say, I was just looking at the schedule. We beat Idaho State. Then we beat SUU. We're going to get some momentum. We're going to have people show up for Northern Colorado. Except that game's at 11 a.m. on a Thursday. Yeah, you're right. Which is, They're not which is weird. Up. Yeah, is that? yeah, that's weird. It's messing with know. our averages. Yeah. It's, 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 probably, it's probably because they have to travel pretty far after that game, so they you know bumped it a little bit early, then that way they can get to whatever the next game is going to be on Saturday. Fine. <laughs> so over or under on three hundred. Ah, I'm gonna be over with all of my heart, Colby. I want to be over. We can do it. We have the ability. We're choosing not to. That's we need what I'm to saying. have a heart to heart with our people. That's what I'm saying. For our women, They're the men are getting the men are getting four thousand. You mean to tell me that two hundred of those folks can't show up to a women's game? Right. Crazy. Right. You got to be kidding me. I'm going over. I all right. From us, I like it. I like the optimism. Mm-hmm. Just That's taking good. over. I'm I'm taking I'm taking the over as well. Challenge to you, Wildcat fans. I mean, let's be honest, folks. It is cheaper to go to a women's game than it is than it is to what is it seven dollars to go to a women's game? Is yeah, that what it is? So. I think so. Yeah. If you if you if you pay at the door, I mean, it's so cheap, and you can sit wherever you want. You, you want to sit front row, lower bowl, like as low as you want. Yeah. Go you ahead. Sit on the floor. Yeah. Come on over. We've got seats. Yeah, <laughs> but like the point is that like. It is so much cheaper to go to women's games and it is fun, folks. Like I only went to one men's game when I was in Utah. I went to two women's games because that's a work for my schedule, but also they're just fun. You know, we all got to hang out as a crew at the New Mexico State game. And then Brooke and I hung out with the big heads at the Montana State game or it was a Montana game on, on that Saturday. I mean, it's fun, man. So get down there. Let's see if we can crack 300 by the end of the season. All right, ladies. Yeah. That's over under. Thanks so much for playing. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule. Uh, Thursday night, January 20th, going to be taking the trip up to Pocatello to take on Idaho State. Like you said, Jessica, maybe a revenge game because they ended up edging us 67-66 in the D. So let's see what the Wildcats could do in Reed Gym uh, on Thursday night. That game will be on ESPN+. Plus. Monday, January 24th. This is where the schedule gets a little weird. Uh, Wildcats will be taking on Southern Utah. Uh, That game will be at 6 p.m. ESPN Plus. Uh, it's in the Purple Palace. Tickets available at WeberStateSports.com. Just go and get some tickets and show up. It's the birds, man. It's the last season the birds are going to be in the conference. You want to boo them? Here's your chance. <laughs> I hate the birds. Thursday, January 27th, Northern Colorado coming to town. Uh, that, Like like Brooke noted, that game is at 11 a.m. on a Thursday. It's on ESPN Plus. Um, tickets are going to be available at WeberStateSports.com uh, if you can make that one. And then finally, Saturday, January 29th, Sacramento uh, State, Sac State Hornets are coming to town. That'll be noon on a Saturday, ESPN Plus, or get your tickets and show up to the D. Bring your signs. I, I'm. What was the sign we made? Splash Sisters, right? Mm-hmm. That's the sign yeah. that we made. I mean, that game, I mean, I'm telling you, I think that those signs have good juju because <laughs> I made a sign and it was good luck because like they they really shot the lights out. I had this Splash Sisters. I like we ended up adding it because I had I had Darren Hickok and uh, Jade Matthews on my Splash Sister sign. And then Corey Pencer shot the lights out, so we had to add her to the sign. Like just 
great. Bring your signs. Be loud for the for the ladies. Because I'll tell you what, they notice. They absolutely notice when when people are in the gym and they're being loud. Uh, so it's a lot more fun to be at those women's games, uh, and you can definitely hear it. So that's the upcoming schedule. Um, wrap up the show. Want to email us? WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly. Want to thank you, our patrons, for helping us keep the lights on at Weber State Weekly and pay all of our bills. And then uh, we have WeberStateWeekly.com is our website. That's it. That's the show, ladies. Appreciate you both for hopping on tonight with me. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah. So let's wrap it up like we usually do. Say Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh! <laughs>